Good evening, everyone. Did you hear that? Well, all right, sorry. Um, for, the, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Dion Cranford, the Director of Public Relations with Scotland Regional Hospice. Um, for those of you, especially here up front and on stage that do know me, I apologize <laughs> for you having to put up with me, but I appreciate you all having to put up with me and all that you do. Um, we're going a little bit off script tonight. We're starting a little bit early because um, anytime we get the opportunity to do a special recognition, we'd like to take that opportunity to recognize the people that make uh, such a big life and, and, and difference in the lives of so many others. Um, along with the uh, nurses, the chaplains, the, the CNAs, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, we're celebrating one this week because it's Nurse Practitioner Week, so hello Barbara up front. Um, uh, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody along with the bunnies and the office staff and everybody that, that's over at hospice. Um, our organization could not possibly do what it does without the uh, help of volunteers. We have a huge volunteer um, team within our organization. Um, hundreds of folks do all kinds of work from clerical to fundraising to patient care to just about anything you can imagine for us. Our organization was actually founded in 1985 by volunteers. It was run solely by volunteers. And since then, uh, volunteers have been the foundation of this organization, its success and its growth throughout the years. So um, we have several volunteers in our audience here tonight. So if I could just, could y'all just give them a round of applause because they do all that work for absolutely nothing. So I appreciate that. Another department in our organization that makes this event possible is our bereavement department, Tanya, and our social workers, and our spiritual care workers, and Bunny again, and <laughs> anybody involved in making this event possible. But bereavement care is a huge part of the service we provide. Um, a lot of people focus on the patient care, and, and that is the, the core of what we do, but it's the family care, the family services team that keep that care going long after someone passes away. They stay involved in your lives long after that. And we, um, we, we really couldn't do a lot of what we do without them. And there is an overlap there. Um, and I'm gonna bring Bunny up here, uh, our volunteer coordinator, Bunny Hasty, to walk up here and talk a little bit about that and um, what, what we're here to honor tonight. So, Bunny. Okay, before we begin this special uh, service tonight, um, as Dion said, we have many volunteers that are very important to us uh, that help out with uh, patient and family care, and we have our community volunteers. Um, these ladies sitting right over here uh, are our bereavement team, and uh, what they do is provide uh, bereavement. Uh, they make phone calls to uh, patients, and they follow them for 13 months. Um, they have very good uh, telephone skills and they get to know these people and you wouldn't believe the many calls I get uh, thanking us for the calls they get from these ladies here. Um, to be a patient care, care volunteer, you have to go through a special training and it's initial 12 hours and then you are required to have 12 hours uh, every year and also they go through some extra training for the um, bereavement care. Um, these ladies, uh, and don't know why they're here tonight, I got a call um, Thursday that they had won this award, which I'll be giving them and telling you about, but uh, I wanted it to be a surprise. Uh, this award is for the year of 2022. 
Um, these ladies had over 624 hours, and that's on phone calls, and they also do what we call tuck-in calls. And a lot of you may have gotten some of these calls where they check on you for the weekend and make sure you have what you need and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> to get this award, um, you uh, are nominated and um, just to tell you a little bit about what they do, their responsibilities um, that they do, they are responsible for documenting the coping process of bereaved families and they make uh, referrals if any additional services uh, for those that are struggling with the grief process. Um, their documentation is um, required by Medicare and our ACHC accreditation companies and uh, we have to, they never fail us with any of that responsibility. They always keep up with their documentation and if we're ever audited, they're, they're right on it. <clears throat> so um, the majority of their, their work is done by telephone. Um, like I said, they follow uh, our patients' families for 13 months. Um, they show a lot of compassion and care to these families and um, they just make it really easy to talk to, uh, is what a lot of the people say when they've called. Um, discussing their feelings and everything. So at this time, I would like to give you their names. We have Gloria Jones, if you'll just wave Gloria. <laughs> Valerie, <laughs> Valerie Singletary. <laughs> Glory Hilburn. <laughs> and Evelyn Allen. <clears throat> Now, um, also, this, like I said, was for the year 2022. Now, since then, we've had two people join our team, and that's Linda Locklear and Tracy Locklear in 2023. So they've joined our bereavement team then. Um, not sure why it took so long to get the award, but I wanted them to receive this award in front of you guys tonight because a lot of times, uh, you don't get to see the faces of the people that call you, and um, I wanted um, you to know who makes all these phone calls. So, um, let's see, I'm not used to talking like this, this thing here. <laughs> okay, so the award is the Governor's Award. This is a very prestigious, uh, recognized award, um, and I want to read you what it says on it. It's got the Governor's Award for Volunteer Services. This is to certify that Evelyn Allen is hereby awarded the highest designation of appreciation for distinguished volunteer service to the people and the state of North Carolina and is to be granted and extended all honors and courteousness provided by this office, entitled thereunto by this certificate of recognition and appreciation. Signed, Roy Cooper, Governor. Thank you, Evelyn. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> and they had no idea, y'all. <laughs> so. 
You be careful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to say something. She got me this time. But I just want to let you know what I do. I enjoy. I try to do all the good I can, as long as I can, to all the people I can, as, as long and forever and whenever I can. Thank you, Evelyn. Yes, we consider these ladies uh, family at the office. Uh, they're part of our hospice family. Okay. Okay, the next person is Lori Hilburn, and she is going to get the Governor's Award also. And I want to thank you, thank you for everything you do. <laughs> Love you too. And there you are. Thank you. A rose for a rose. Okay, the next person is uh, Valerie Singletary. Kind of got mixed up. Hey, Valerie. Thank you. Thank, thank you. This is truly full circle for me because uh, when I graduated with my social work degree, I uh, took the job with hospice at a, as a bereavement counselor. So now, uh, after retirement, I was doing bereavement, So, and I enjoy, uh, even through some of my great losses, uh, I still know that uh, everyone needs to be encouraged and walk through that real hard journey. That's all we got. <laughs> and folks, these ladies uh, also sit with patients in the homes, the facilities, and at the manor. They're a part um, of the whole patient care family uh, hospice volunteers. The next lady has been with us, and we have over 22 years of service here among these ladies. The next uh, Governor Award is presented to Gloria Jones. <laughs> Look at you. She works hard. She does real South hard. Carolina too. Real hard. <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. You're welcome, darling. You deserve it and more. And a little gift, a little special Thank gift from you. all of us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting us do this right before your uh, special service, and uh, we appreciate all of y'all coming out tonight, and we appreciate all our volunteers.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's uh, beautiful service that is planned out for you. Welcome to Northview Harvest Ministries. I'm Tim Hodge. I'm the senior pastor here. And just to give you a heads up, uh, there are men's rooms, ladies' rooms. If you go into the foyer, turn right. They will be right down the hall on your left. Also over here, these double doors where the lights are coming through, you can go into that hallway and there are men's rooms, ladies' rooms right across the hallway right there. Opposite side, you will find them. I hope you're going to have a great time and enjoy this beautiful, beautiful service. It, it's moving to me. This is my second one to attend. And last year, it just stirred my heart. And for those of you that are here as part of family members who are grieving and in bereavement tonight, we pray the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard your hearts and minds tonight. And one of the beautiful things about Christ is he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon him and he listed a, a list of items there that he was anointed for. And one of those things was to bind up the broken heart. And I'm so glad tonight that Christ is concerned about broken hearts. Amen. Amen. I think now would be a good time if you have not silenced or turned off your cell phone or put that iPhone into did not, do not disturb mode. It would be a great time to do it so we don't get in the middle of something and you get a phone call. All right. And I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer if you would join with me. Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Jesus, we thank you tonight that you are the resurrection and the life, and we thank you that we acknowledge with God all things are possible. Lord, we pray that you would cover this place tonight. Show yourself strong in our behalf. We thank you for the men and the women who serve. We thank you for these beautiful ladies who just received commendations for their volunteer work. Uh, God, we thank you for everybody who puts their hand to the plow to minister to the needs of not only the patients, but the families. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Uh, my name is Reverend Gary McMillan. I'm the Scotland Regional Hospice, <clears throat> excuse me, chaplain, and it's an honor to be able to serve in this capacity. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people capable and qualified, uh, but we are honored to be able to serve in this capacity. I want to give you some uh, vital information at the end of service. Um, you're invited to stay with us uh, in the fellowship hall. Um, the uh, McDaniel family, Ray, Daniel, and Tommy McDaniel uh, of Brody's Floors, they've invited us uh, in the fellowship hall and they've graciously donated the food in memory of their mother, Miss Martha Hayes McDaniel. So at the end of service, if you go out the double doors, turn to the right, go down the hallway, and at the end, you'll, you'll turn to the left and you'll be right there where the refreshments and everything will be. So would you come and celebrate with them? It's an honor that the family will want to do this to serve each and every one of you that will come tonight. So we're thankful for them for doing that, okay? 
And it's with great honor I bring you the next selection. Our musical selection will come from Miss Kim Dennison. So come, Miss Kim, and give us a selection. Good evening. My name is Kim Dennison. I'm a native of Laurenburg. I'm honored, simply honored, to be able to bring some music, um, a talent that God has given me uh, to share with you tonight. I will have to confess I kind of volunteered um, because I think hospice is such a wonderful organization. We received care with my mother in 2019 and then again this year with my mother-in-law. Um, can't say enough about the volunteers and everybody on the staff. Um, we thank every one of you for all that you do selflessly. i 
Amen. Thank you, Miss Dennison. Thank you very much. Uh, the next on our list is our call to remembrance. And Reverend Jean Balcom, she is the pastor of First Baptist Church here in Laurenburg, and she's also one of our volunteer chaplains at hospice. So we're honored to have her. So would you help me welcome Reverend Jean Balcom? I love hospice work. I was a hospice chaplain in Chattanooga, Tennessee for several years before my husband and I chose to move back to the area. And I'm so glad we have this hospice organization here in Scotland County. You have a fine hospice organization in this part of the state. If you are able, would you stand now and let's read responsively this call to remembrance. Let us pledge to keep our memories alive, carried on in these words. In the summer, fields of brightness, we will remember. In the autumn haze and blazes of color, we will remember. In the winter chill and blankets of whiteness, we will remember. And in the warmth of spring and bursts of new life, we will remember. With everything that is permanent and with all that is passing, with everything that is majestic and with all that is common, with everything that carries us in concern and all that lifts us in joy, we will remember again and again and again. And in remembering, we will discover new life, new hope, new courage, if not today, then tomorrow. So long as we live, they will live, for they are a part of us. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Jean. We're honored tonight to introduce our words of encouragement speaker, uh, Pastor Allison Farah. She's the pastor of First Baptist Church in Hamlet, North Carolina. Um, pastor Allison Farah is a native of Rockingham, North Carolina, and she serves as the pastor of First Baptist Church of Hamlet. She earned a master's of religious education from Duke University Divinity School in 1997 and a doctor of ministry from Campbell University Divinity School in 2016. Allison is passionate about serving Christ through pastoral ministry. She is married to Butch Farrell, who co-pastors with her, and she has one daughter, Mary Catherine Coltrane. Butch's grown children, Matthew and Olivia, are also blessings in her life. In her free time, Allison enjoys spending time with family and friends, enjoying the beach, and watching Wake Forest football and basketball. Pray for her for that. So would you, would you help me welcome Dr. Allison Farrell? Thank you. I do need prayers, but not for the Wake Forest thing. Kim, I would love for you to come sing at First Baptist Hamlet sometime. What a blessing. What a blessing and what a gift. 
I am a pastor, so my words of encouragement are going to come tonight from God's Word, and I'll be sharing from John's Gospel, chapter 12, a few verses beginning in verse 20. So hear now this reading of God's Word. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. May God bless the reading of this God's holy, holy word. It is not always easy to acknowledge, to talk about, or to deal with death. The death of our loved ones is too real and too painful. Our own death is too scary. The relationships and parts of our lives that have died are too difficult. So for the most part, we avoid the topic of death. After all, it is depressing to do so in a world that wants to be happy, to feel good, to avoid difficult realities. After all, don't we all want to be happy and to feel good? Those in the gospel story that I've shared this evening probably did not go see Jesus expecting to talk or to hear about death. They just wanted to see Jesus. And who can blame them? Jesus had cleansed the temple, turned water into wine, healed many people, fed the 5,000, given sight to the blind, and raised Lazarus from the dead. We don't know why they wanted to see Jesus, but we know the desire, don't we? We want to see Jesus too. And we all have our reasons for wanting to see Jesus, but often we want to see Jesus on our terms. We don't want to face the pain of loss and death in whatever way or whatever form it comes. Sometimes we want to see something from Jesus. We want something from him more than we want Jesus himself. Episcopal priest Michael Marsh, in his work interpreting the silence, which I am referencing tonight, explains... There is a real danger that we will become consumers of God's life rather than participants 
in God's life. We pick and choose what we like and want, but we skip over and leave behind what we do not like, want, or understand. But we are called to participate in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what Jesus sets before those who want to see him. If we want to see Jesus, then we must look death in the face, really looking at it, acknowledging it, facing death, and this is some of the most difficult work that we will ever do. There is a temptation to want to skip over death and get to resurrection. Many times we don't want to walk the journey of Lent. We want to move on to Easter Sunday. And death is not always physical. Many times death is emotional and spiritual. There are the deaths of relationships, the deaths of marriages, the deaths of hopes and dreams and careers and health and so on. But regardless of what it looks like, this is not the end. Resurrection is ours through Jesus. But we must remember there can be no resurrection without death. Father Michael Marsh goes on to explain that every time we avoid and turn away from death, we proclaim it stronger than God, more real than life, and the ultimate victor. The unspoken fear and avoidance of death underlies those what-if questions that all of us have had. What if I lose the one that I need the most? What if I lose the one that I love the most? What if I can't make it? Every what if question separates and isolates us from life, from God, from one another and ourselves. And yes, we're human. And yes, we're going to ask those questions. But it keeps us from bearing fruit, the fruit that Jesus is speaking of. Jesus knew that in God's world, strength is found in weakness. Victory looks like defeat, and life is born of death. And this is what allowed Jesus to ride triumphantly into Jerusalem, a city that will condemn him and kill him. And this is what allows us to journey triumphantly through life. And triumph doesn't mean that we get our way or that we avoid death. It means that death is a transition. It is the beginning, not the end. And regardless of who or what in our life has died, God in Christ has already cleared the way forward. Ultimately, Death, in whatever way it comes to us, means that we entrust all that we are 
and all that we have to God. We allow ourselves to be lifted up, lifted up in Christ's crucifixion and lifted up in his resurrection. Jesus is drawing all people unto himself that where he is, we shall be also. Deborah Metzgar Shue and her commentary on this gospel passage shares a profound story that happened in her life. On September 9th, 2001, she boarded a plane from her home in Atlanta and headed for New York City. She was about to spend time with a group of close friends and colleagues at a gathering in Manhattan. The plane had mechanical trouble and eventually they turned around and headed back to Atlanta. The next day, a fire in Newark, bad weather, and more mechanical problems meant two more planes that never made it. Finally, at 9 p.m. on Monday the 10th, she gave up with deep disappointment and walked off the third plane and went home. The meeting she was headed to was at Trinity Church, Wall Street, in Lower Manhattan. They were to gather at 8.45 on Tuesday morning, September 11th, immediately down the street from the World Trade Center. She said she woke up that next morning, as we all did, in the horror of watching the landscape on our TV screens and the landscapes of our hearts change forever praying desperately for the lives that included her friends and when the unfathomable recognition that she was to have been there. Later that month, she boarded another plane, one which got there this time to work as a volunteer at Ground Zero. Historic St. Paul's Chapel, which had stood dwarfed in the trade center shadows, now stood in the bright open air with its back door opening directly onto that gaping wound of death and destruction. Its historic graveyard now extended by 16 acres. Those close to her had begun a respite ministry at the church for rescue workers. For those who worked out on the pile, as they called it, 24 hours a day, who came in within the quiet walls of the church for a hot meal, for some sleep, for fresh supplies, a place to pray, a chance to talk, or a chance not to talk. To read some of the thousands of crayon cards that arrived from school children, meant to comfort and cheer and encourage and that soon adorned every pew. The site outside those walls was filled with the most horrific destruction and death that most had ever seen. And for those who were there, she said, it was an assault on every fiber of their being. The story's high piles of debris, the burning smell that hung in your throat and your clothes, the mind-numbing realization of the thousands of lives that were snuffed out in the ashes and debris, 
The twisted steel beam spoke of a power so enormous it defied grasping and a sense of evil that was overwhelming. Words failed immediately. It was death before your eyes and under your feet and in the air. It was hatred and evil in visible form, form that you could literally taste and touch and see and smell. And yet, and yet just a few yards away, within the walls of the church, a different sight was unfolding. A different reality was emerging. Inside St. Paul's people from every walk of life, every religious tradition, every part of the United States and beyond were gathering. And they were discovering something that had rarely been known. They discovered what all that destruction outside had torn down was not simply the walls of the World Trade Center, but the walls of division that we create between ourselves. In the face of death, they were recognizing the real truth of their lives and of existence, that we are all one that we have in common our mortality. And that is precisely at the point of our deaths that we reach the point of our oneness. That when our vulnerability and our finiteness is faced, an invulnerable and an infinite love emerges. Life emerges that amidst the grief and despair and exhaustion, amidst the tangible proof of the cost of human hatreds and religious discontentment was the most beautiful experience of community and love they had ever known. That somehow, in the recognition of our mortality, that they were given life that the explosion outside had become an occasion for an explosion inside, an explosion not of steel and hatred and despair, but of life and of generosity and hope. They had arrived with a sense of helplessness. They had arrived with limits, arrived with a sense of dread and death, and what they found was each other. What they found was life. What they found were police officers and firefighters working as one, iron workers and crane operators forgetting unions and creating teams, chiropractors and restaurant owners and Holocaust survivors and Juilliard students ladling out soup and restoring tired backs and stringing violin music in the air. Priests and pastors handing out morsels of bread and sips of wine and cups of hot, cho hot chocolate and praying across the abyss. They found that the hospitality of God gave birth to the hospitality in others. That death 
is no longer the enemy to be feared, but the commonality that brought them together. That in facing death, in facing their fear of it, in facing our fear of it, they emerged more alive. That the freedom to live without the divisions we humans create was an enormous life-giving gift. But folks, it should not take a ground zero or any other battleground to teach us this. It should not take a point of destruction to let us know because Jesus has already told us death precedes life, not the other way around. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And those who love their life will lose it. But those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, Jesus says. And where I am, there you will be also. May you find comfort in the words of our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Allison. Next, we'll have a musical selection from our very own uh, Miss Penny Thomas. Come, Sister Penny. She is one of our social workers at hospice. She says she feels like she's been there forever. <laughs> I tell on her why she's giving. Not forever, just 30 years. <laughs>
The seasons come and go And I'm weary from the change I keep on moving on You know it's not the same But when I'm walking all alone Do you hear me call your name? Do you hear me sing the songs we used to sing? And I will light a candle for you To shatter all the darkness and bless the times we knew Like a beacon in the night A flame will burn bright And guide us on the way Today I light a candle for you You fill my life with wonder Touch me with surprise Always saw that something special deep within your eyes And through the good times and the bad We carried on with pride We hold on to the love and life we knew And I will light a candle for you Shatter all the darkness And bless the times we knew Like a beacon in the night A flame will burn bright And guide us on our way Today I light a candle for you Today I light a candle for you, for you, for you. Thank you, Sister Penny. Next, we're going to have the, uh, the lighting of our unity candle. Uh, it brings us great honor tonight to be able to have uh, the family of Pastor Kenneth Bleece with us uh, as they're going to light our unity candle. Uh, want to remind us that it was through Pastor Bleece and this great church of Northview, Northview Harvest that um, they allowed hospice to start coming in to have this service here at this great church so we want to thank them and honor them uh for that and tonight as we ask the family to come and they're going to light this unity candle in the memory of pastor bleese and our scotland regional hospice volunteers so miss bleese if you and your family would come we'd be honored to have you do that for us
Thank you, Sister Bleach, you and your family. It was an honor to have y'all with us tonight. Thank you very much. Next, we're going to have the reading of our memorial names and the lighting of the candles. Um, as your loved one's name is called, I think they want you to come and light a candle in honor of them. And for those that are not present, I think we have our staff and volunteers that's going to help uh, light candles in behalf of those. Veloise Hines, Charles McLean, Eva Chavis, Everett Locklear, Jimmy Locklear, Damian Hunt, Rena Jacobs, Carol Clark, Willie McDougall, Juanita Moberg, Everett Gibson, Donald MacArthur, Joyce Covington, James Sellers, Patricia Clark, Margie Dial, John Lowry, Marvin Lovett, Terry Scott, Ertel Deese, George Hall, Eudoria Leak, Marie Davis, Nathan Davis, Nikki Locklear, Sybil Moore, Robert Smith, Logan Willis, Charles White, Linda Lawrence, Sidney Calhoun, Luther Curry, John Schism, Kenny Chavis, Jacqueline Doubles, Francis Howell, Dorothy Zielinski, Catherine Hardy, Thomas Hogan, Rose Snipes, Tommy Jernigan, Lee Graham, Lori Miller, Mary Johnson, Myrtle Williams, Hazel Quick, Bill Bullard, Ethel Gibson, Mildred McCray, Beatrice Beckham, Harry McDaniels, Ernest Driggers, Danny Sampson, Christine Bell, Jeanette Baker, Yvonne Davis, James McFadder, Morgan Bennett, Phyllis 
Clark, Shelby Locklear, Hubert McRae, Verdia Locklear, Jasper White, Evelyn Hare, Annie Bostick, Effie Dockery, <coughs> Janet Miller, Viola Edwards, Pearly Locklear, Phil Locklear, James Young, Barbara Brown, Lily Wilson, George Locklear, Michael Regan, Joseph Ward, Kermitas Jacobs, Dora Hunt, Averton A.B. Chavis, Wayne Coucher, Lester Anderson, Tace Brewerton, Annie McLean, Julius Miller, Jonathan Liston, Rebecca Armstrong, Ronald Parker, Sally Ivy, Lillian Cummings, Peggy Martin, Lillian Evans, Bobby Love, Jennifer Choate, Doris Outlaw, Clifton Strickland, James Bullard, Stephanie Grimes, Joan Thompson, Billy Burke, Vander McCormick, Alan Lloyd, Larry McRae, William Seals, Jaquela Sams, James West, Clara Hunt, Shanithia Clark, Pauline McPherson, Ronald Parker, Mary Oxendine, Shelby Woodard, Thaddeus Hill, Bertha Leviner, Carrie Hunt, George Leak. James Bowden, Thomas Leonard, Mildred Townsend, Roger Wilkins, Barbara Hammonds, Latifu Rahim, Esma Alton, 
Esma Altman, Michael Brigman, Elizabeth Lowry, Margaret McNeil, Susan Waxmuth, Roy Clark, Johnny Locklear, Paul Sessoms, Louis Brett, Annie Hicks, Jeanette Sessoms, Robert Koval, Martha McDaniel, Timothy Self, Kimberly Hewitt, Christopher Forbes, Sarah Hardin, Alice Ramos, Terry Brayboy, Fred David, Nellie McKenzie, Malcolm Polston, Charles Dimery, Clarice Chavis, Thomas White, Roger Deese, Gloria Hunt, Willie Anderson, Harold Chavis, Vernon Locklear, Samuel Brown, David Demas, Norman Taft, Deborah Douglas, James Griggs, Margaret Perry, Marilyn Deese, Mary McDougall, David Strickler, Wanda Stanton, Jerry Pratt, Melissa Stone, Sarah Jacobs, Debbie Milligan, Priscilla Leach, Leon McMillan, Leon McLean, Kenneth Stallings, Connie Stanton, Walter Campbell, Janine Dotson, David Ellerby, William Payne, Ruby Scott, Margaret Slocum, Alex Jacobs, Carmen Ortiz, 
Andrew Carter, James Taylor, Jack Campbell, Jimmy Jackson, Vernon Steen, James Huff, Minnie Pearson, Doris Moore, Ruby Wilson, Elvia Washington, Verdell Locklear, Ethel Carroll, Wade Hunt, Maddie Robinson, June Goins, Margaret Humbert, Frederick Ludick, William Jackson, and Pastor Kenneth Bleason. Lorenzo McLean, Carl Chavis, Martha Williams, Ronald Locklear, Harold Sangren, Roger Brooks, Ralph Tyndall, Timothy Wyland, May Blue, Betty Campbell, Boyd Freeman, Virginia Sesum, Shirley Reeves, Sandra Driggers, Fredford Oxendine, Janet Layton, Martha Boone, Jewel Caldwell, Mary Hunt, Murray Outlaw, Corla Bishop, Charles Hill, Nakisha Wilmore, Irene Pate, Robert Stanton, Howard Bryant, Cleveland Hunt, William Bill Bland, Jr., Amos Green, Miriam Lee, Francis McLaughlin, Joseph Langley, Ernest Pemberton, Sylvia Alexson, Franklin Miller, Betty Freeman, Ruth Woods, Willadine Stewart, Ruby Rogers, Johnny Bodie, Betty Medlock, Manford Locklear, Willie 
Douglas, Shirley Skipper, Sylvia Lowry, Robert Taylor, Rachel Locklear, Gregory Sykes, Mabel Strickland, Linda Melton, Roger Walden, John Green, Charlie Phipps, Michael Smith, Rufus Strickland, Francis Witten, Connie McLean, Gerald Weinress, Lewis Hunter, William Gray, Sally Chavis, Marion Falk, Dan McNair, Harry Cruz, Robert Brayboy, May Hooks, Corey Jones, Charles Johnson, Ruby Chavis, Debbie Hunt, Clara Jacobs, Pauline McRae, Samuel Oxendine, Lawrence Clark, Richard Jennings, Janie Strickland, Marsha Musa, Elsie Allred, James Grant, Ruby Patterson, Macy Woodell, Don Lewis, Donna Ward, Eveline Townsend, and Doris Smart. Cedric MacArthur, Sheila Rivers, Daniel Driggers, Rita Banks, Bess Bruns, Willie Quick, Francis Townsend, Tyrone Campbell, Kenneth Hoffman, Norma Gwynn, Linda Hood, John Austin, Anita Waters, James Parker, Christina Locklear, Nancy Lowry, Richard Peel, Catherine Hunt, Danny Hardy Jr., Ann Hatcher, Dorcas Green, Dalsray Jacobs, Robert Gibson, Sarah Litch, 
Jerry Locklear, Patricia Steen, Phyllis Brayboy, Stuart Green, Elsie Cameron, Evelyn Lovell, Gail Lockamy, Joyce Lowry, Barbara McClure, James Branton, Betty Pierce, Catherine Smith, Annie McFadder, Elsie Scott, Joanne Shoemake, Ronald Thompson, Peggy McDonald, Janie Hammonds, Sherwood Patterson, Teresa Patterson, Marion Chavis, Frank Lee, Donna Locklear, James Locklear, Maxine Quick, Redell Locklear, Debbie Ross, Barney Green, Tina Hudson, Gilbert McLaurin, Margie Oxendine, Angela Poe, James Revels, Gladys Locklear, Sandra Stone, Larry Chavis, Elmore Anderson, Elise Coville, James Timms, Patsy Brayboy, Clement Flick, Shirley Wilkes, David Blake Calhoun, Rena Locklear, Richard Cox, Flora MacArthur. We'd also like to invite anybody from the community who didn't have a family member name to come forward and light a candle.
Next, we'll have another musical selection from Miss Kim Dennison again. have all been answered I've finally arrived the healing that had been delayed has now been realized no one's in a hurry there's no schedule to keep we're all enjoying Jesus just sitting at his feet if you could see me now, I'm walking streets of gold. If you could see me now, I'm standing tall and whole. If you could see me now, you'd know I've seen his face. If you could see me now, you'd know the pains he raised. You wouldn't want me to ever leave this place If you could only see me now My light and temporary trials Have worked out for my good To know it brought him glory When I misunderstood What Jesus has in store for us, no language can share. If you could see me now, I'm walking streets of gold. If you could see me now, I'm standing tall and whole. If you could see me
Thank you again, Miss Dennison. We want to do the blessing of the families as we leave. Don't forget when we go out, uh, the McDaniel family has prepared refreshments for us over in the fellowship hall. So come and celebrate with them as we have come to this point in our service. Um, so we ask God to bless our food as we go to partake. Um, there to be nursery for our bodies, but our bodies be used for the upbuilding of his kingdom want to leave us tonight with a scripture out of Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 and 25, uh, 26. He said, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Hope it was a blessing to each of you and your families as you continue to live on um, the memories from your loved ones. Thank you for being a part and thank you for everyone who had a hand in what took place here tonight. So thank you. God bless you. You can consider yourself dismissed.